All right, everybody, this podcast right now is going to be for American history. We're kind of picking up where we left off with the innovation boosting our growth and everything along those lines. What we need to do next is we need to look at big business and how big business started to take over the rest of the United States culture. So we saw how industrialization brought this idea of big business, but first we had to get that big business really in there. So the first thing we need to decide is we need to have these corporations be set up to meet the needs of the people because if you're not gonna create a big business and be successful if people don't want your product or don't need your product. So the first thing that they need to look to do is how are we gonna maximize our profits? How are we gonna find, so for instance, they find a need. John D. Rockefeller was famous for finding this need in oil here in Ohio. And as he found this need for oil here in Ohio, he figured out what is the best way that I can take over the oil industry. In Pennsylvania, Andrew Carnegie decided that he was gonna do things a little bit differently as how he was going to take over things. Both steel and oil are needs by the rest of the country. Cornelius Vanderbilt does the exact same thing as these two guys with the railroads. Everybody needed a railroad. You needed a way to get on board. You, you needed a way to get on board so that they can kind of push these new boundaries. So there were two, uh, there were two ideas, two trains of thought that it came to between vertical and horizontal integration. And this is how you took over your business. So horizontal integration was real simple. John D. Rockefeller, this is what he did. He went and found, hey, where are the biggest oil companies in the world? I want to run this. So he bought all the oil. He said, hey, you're an oil company. I want it. And here's money that you can't refuse. And I am going to purchase it. I'm going to put it down and make sure that it is mine. If I own the oil, all the oil companies, I could charge whatever I would like. So I went through and he bought all, all the Ohio companies, all the Ohio oil companies, excuse me. And then he moved into New York and Pennsylvania. Eventually he's taken over Texas. And John D. Rockefeller had used this strategy to basically just own enough of everything, enough of everything so that he could really run the entire the entire world of oil. And everybody, again, needed that oil. Andrew Carnegie had a different approach to it. His approach was he needed to take over instead of every oil company, I'm just going to take over all the companies that help me produce steel. And I'm going to make the best companies from it. So what he starts with is he is going to buy all the railroad companies or some of the railroad companies in this vertical integration plan. I'm going to buy the coal mines so that I, cause I can use that coal to buy the steel. And it's just a different way of looking at how are you going to present it? That's called vertical integration. Vertical is you start from the bottom and you work your way up. If you own the steel company at the top, what, what do we need to make steel? And let's get everything in between so that everybody has to buy our steel because we can produce our steel for less because we own the products going into it. So it's two different ways in which business just really, really kind of ran over the, the rest of society. So that takes us to kind of the goods and the bads of it. So small businesses didn't exist. That becomes a negative side of the, 
a side effect of this is that these big companies came in and they really just kind of pushed everybody out of the way. And they said, we are the ones in charge and you're not gonna be here. Hey, you owned an oil company, cool. I'm gonna buy that oil company at a number you can't refuse. And because you cannot refuse that number, you're gonna take it and everybody in your oil fields is gonna be out of a job. So the middle American, the regular everyday person was hurt by these big businesses. But the business owners all were making the money off of it and it just kind of became, hey, if there is no competition, what can I do with the price? Well, that becomes pretty simple. There's no competition. Until all of the competition is gone, you can keep the price low. But once the competition is gone, those prices skyrocket. Think about it this way. If we could only buy one car in the United States, that car company could put whatever price tag it wanted on that car. And for you to get able to point A, from point A to point B without any problems, they would just do whatever they felt like. The cause of this is what leads to something called uh, social Darwinism. And social Darwinism is this idea that basically only st the strong st should survive. If you are a weak person and a weak, all these other things, if you are weak, you don't deserve the opportunity to make it. The strong are all that matters. The weak are weak. Why should we keep the weak around within our society? Why should we keep these people there? That idea right there hurts a lot of people. And what it does is it starts to change this relationship between, between government and business. This change in strategy, this strange, this change in ideas to how people look at things is going to be a big deal in America because we went from this country where, hey, government and business, they don't mix. And if government and business don't mix, then we need to keep them apart. Well, now we're going to start pushing at these ideas that maybe we should have a little bit of a mixture in there. So the first thing is going to be the passed by our government. It's called, or created by our government, not passed, is the Interstate Commerce Commission. And that is to basically make sure that railroad and shipping rates were consistent throughout the country. Uh, didn't matter who was coming in. Uh, the second part of that is the Sherman Antitrust Act, which is going to allow basically this idea of taking over every piece of our of a business so that you could do it that would become a trust and those trusts were broken up and kind of destroyed uh, what this creates though is this difficult balance between this difficult balance between government and business who really had the control over the other one and that is going to be a battle that is going to to last for a very very long time I'll put it into perspective. This battle is actually still kind of happening today. Should the government bail out businesses that are failing because they had to shut down because of coronavirus, there are people who will still say no, that is on the business. Thank you again for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I really appreciate your time and your efforts that you guys have been putting in. Uh, you guys have been doing a wonderful job. Please keep it up because we're here to help. Uh, I just would hope that we can reach out a little bit more and uh, be in a little bit more communication. Have a good rest of your evening. Good night.